Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, I want to speak about three things that can make us stand out from the crowd. There are a lot of people in the world, right? There are billions and billions of people, and no one wants to go through life overlooked. We all kind of want to stand out in some way, shape, or form. And often, this drives us to go to extreme lengths to stand out. We see this through how people dress, how they engage on social media, and even what they do to their bodies. No one wants to be a number or a no-name brand. We desire to be seen. We desire to be known. It's not great being the person everyone overlooks or forgets. But today, I want to unpack three things we see in Scripture that separated people from the rest and positioned them in a different stratosphere. They went to a whole new level. If So the title for our podcast is Standing Out. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who tune in week in and week out, welcome back. Thank you again for listening. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And the point is simply for us to maybe over a cup of coffee or tea or while you're in the car on your way to work or dropping your kids off at school or even at gym, let's just talk about something for 10 to 15 minutes, uh, something that may help us become more like Jesus. So subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on and let's dive into today's session. As I mentioned, we're speaking about how to stand out, standing out. A bit of a disclaimer right up front, while the desire to be seen and known is a deeply ingrained one, it's part of who we are. I think it can go to an extreme where we want to be idolized. That's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about how can you um, get more followers, how can you be more famous, how can more people love and worship you. That's not what we're talking about. Standing out as a follower of Jesus is more about getting people to see Jesus through us and not just us. So the purpose of today is not to make you more well-known, but to make Jesus more well-known. In order to unpack this, I want to go to a passage of scripture that has always inspired me. It's a description of the mighty men of David. David has this army, and the context is that there is a number of men in the army who had risen to the rank of elite soldier. So David's army is massive. The armies of Israel is massive. But there is this small group that were exceptional warriors. They were amazing. They were the elite soldiers. They were the Navy SEALs. They were the whatever. And as much as there was this group, this group of between 30 and 40 men, there were three men that get highlighted, and they were considered unique and special, even among the most elite of David's army. So these three were special, and Scripture makes that very clear. And it does this, the way Scripture highlights them is by, is by highlighting a single event from each one's history to show why they stood out and what made them unique. So again, we're talking about the cream of the crop here, we're talking about the best warriors in Israel, and so let's read about these three men. The first guy is described like this, 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Bashabath, a Tachamonite, he was chief of the three. He wielded his spear against 800 whom he killed at one time. So this first guy, Bashabath, the thing that set him apart was, apart was he stood against an impossible obstacle, 800 men, and he overcame them. He fought against what others fled from, and he prevailed. In other words, he stood up against the impossible. 2 Samuel 23, 9-10 details the second person. It says, Next to him among the three mighty men was Eleazar, son of Dodo, son of Ahohai. He was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel withdrew. 
But he, Eleazar, rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword. Other um, translations said his hand froze to the handle of his sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the men returned after him only to strip the slain. The thing we see with Eleazar is endurance. When everyone else ran away, when everyone else fled, Eleazar kept going and he fought, and he fought until he couldn't even let go of his sword because it, his hand had frozen to the handle. The thing that set him apart was his ability to keep going when others grew weary. And then lastly, verse 11, next to him was Shammah, the son of Agi the Hararite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. And the men fled from the Philistines. But he, Shammah, took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines. And the Lord worked a great victory. Lastly, this guy, you know, he stands and fights when others fled, but he fought for a piece of land that was full of lentils. He was willing to fight for what others were willing to let go of. He placed great value on what others overlooked and he fought for it. You can almost imagine the, the army running away, singing that song from Frozen, let it go, let it go, and he chooses not to. He stands. He stands and he fights for what others considered unvaluable. So here we have these three men. And the reason scripture says they stood out was because A, they faced what others people thought was impossible. B, they kept going when others couldn't. And, th and C, they fought for what others considered expendable. Notice what is not mentioned. Their physique is not mentioned. We can assume they were quite fit. But the thing that set them apart was not their biology. They weren't stronger than everyone else. They weren't fitter than everyone else. They, they didn't have better bone structure. They weren't taller. They, none of that. They, their physique, their biology is not mentioned. Second thing that isn't mentioned is their skill level. They were not described as the best warriors. They were not the best swordsmen, the best archers. That, that, that isn't said. They were not the most skillful in battle. So what set them apart was neither their biology nor their ability. What set them apart was their choices in the moment. When other people saw an impossibly large army, Joseb Bashabeth saw an opportunity for a victory. When others grew weary, Eleazar kept, chose to keep going. When others saw a worthless field of lentils, Shammah saw a piece of land that should stay in the hands of Israel. Each one of these men chose the opposite of what was popular, the opposite of what was logical, the opposite of what was easy, and out of their choice, they were set apart. So let me ask you, what do you see and what are you choosing? Can I say to many of us, and I include myself in this, can we stop blaming our biology and our, and our ability for not standing out. These are not the things that are going to make you stand out in the kingdom of God. You might not think that there is anything about the way you look to make you memorable. I'm one of those people that kind of fade into the crowd. Into the crowd. I don't have a memorable face. You may despise the fact that other people seem more talented or gifted than you. You may kind of go, well, I don't have anything special that I can do. But both of these things, your biology and your ability are secondary to the decisions you make in the heat of the moment. When everything is telling you that something is too big to confront, do you tackle it anyway? Perhaps it's something in your family that everyone just tolerates instead of confronting. Perhaps there's a level of abuse or alcoholism or whatever it is, and, and everyone just kind of goes with the flow. Everyone just says, oh, it's too big to tackle. Perhaps it's someone in your company that everyone kind of walks on eggshells around and everyone kind of goes, just leave them. It's too big of an issue. 
Perhaps it's something in your culture or society that everyone else has just learned to live with. What is the thing in front of you that no one is willing to go up against? And what is your choice when you look at it? Secondly, where in your world is everyone kind of just giving up? They're tired, they're weary. Where have people become so tired and worn out that there's just no passion anymore? No one is willing to go again. People are just going through the motions. They're doing the bare minimum. Where in your world are you still willing to keep going with passion when everyone else is just done? And lastly, what in your world has everyone written off but you still see value in it? Perhaps it's a person again or a relationship or project. Everyone is telling you, just let it go. But there's something inside of you, this divine unction inside of you that you just can't write it off. This might be like debt, you know, everyone just going, oh, just, you know, let it go. You'll always be in debt. It seems so big that anyone else facing might just run in the opposite direction. But you know, God has not called us to be subject to the lender. There might be a person at work no one wants to engage with and you're not willing to give up on them yet. You're not willing to give up on that relationship. You're not willing to give up on that idea. At the end of all of this, right? So if that's what's going to make us stand out, our decisions, let's reflect on a few things. Number one, I think primarily motivation is important. Why do you want to stand out? Is it for your glory or for the glory of God? I recently rewatched the Indiana Jones movies, the original ones, and one of the questions in The Last Crusade is that the guy asks Indiana Jones, do you, are you chasing Jesus's uh, goblet from the, the Last Supper? Are you chasing the Holy Grail for your glory or for God's glory? And so let me ask you, why are you wanting to stand out? Is it so that people can see you or so that through you people can see Jesus? Secondly, what choices are you making when others are running away? What choice do you make when others are running? Now, I know when you see a crowd running, sometimes the, word, the last thing you want to do is to go see what they're running from. But, but what choice do you make when everyone else just gives up? When others are writing things off? What choice do you make in the heat of the moment? Because here's something we all know intuitively, but we don't live like it's true. Who you are will be determined by the choices you make. Who you are is not determined by how you look or how skilled you are. Who you are is determined by your choices. People will celebrate you at your funeral because of your choices. Your legacy will be defined not by biology or ability, but by your choices. If so much of who you are and what you will leave behind is defined by your choices, can I encourage you today, if you want to stand out for the king and his kingdom, choose. Choose to stand when everyone else is running away. Choose to keep going when everyone is giving up and choose to place value on things that everyone else has written off. Choose the unpopular. Choose the difficult. Choose again. I pray that for those of us today and this week who are facing a tough challenge, a tough choice, would we not choose the easy? Would we not choose the simple? May we make a choice that honors God even if it seems difficult to us, would we choose what honors God? And in so doing, would we stand up and stand out for the kingdom of God? God bless you. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And we will see you same time, same place next week. 